I don't to listen to his podcast, huh? Dude, it's educational. And besides, I've been wanting to listen to this Welcome to Idling in the Impala, a podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fan fiction it inspires. Before we begin, just want to remind you to like, subscribe, follow wherever you listen to us so you don't miss any episodes or bonus stuff that we do. I'm Sandra. I'm Carly. And today we are five months down the line, but that's relevant. Shut up. (laughs) I have finally finished Sandra's latest novel, Cowboy Cancer. Um, and it was amazing, by the way. So everybody should go buy a copy. Go on, we'll wait. Okay, you back? You read it? Good, cool. All right. Mm. So I finally finished it and I had um, a bunch of questions just in general um, about the story and then about Sandra's journey to, you know, because Sandra is self-published and is on Amazon and she self-narrated this one as well. So I had like a bunch of questions and then I was like, hi, we're doing an episode. And she was like, what? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> We're doing an episode. And then, because she's a cow, I wrote down a page of questions and I was so proud. I had questions and bullet points and stuff. And at the time of recording, we've just finished recording all of the stuff for Junkies. So I was like, I've written questions down. I'm prepared. And the bitch brought a presentation to Junkies, a whole ass PowerPoint. And I was like, I can't even. I was so proud of my bullet points. Mm. And to add insult to injury, I have and not I even you. looked at your questions. Oh, no, that was my choice, though. Because I did say, <laughs> I was like, do you want to look at the questions? And she was like, no, because then I'll start to overthink it. And then I'll is, have a set of notes. And I just, I was like, no, like, let's just, we're just going to, we're going to take the Carly approach. <laughs> <laughs> Wing it. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. That's fine. So I'm not going to get too much into the story. Mm-hmm. of cowboy cancer because i think i i don't like there might be spoilers but if there are we'll tag them and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i suppose if i were if i were to summarize it i would be like if you put dean in a cowboy hat <laughs> as boats and they with some horses i'm the cutest little girl oh yeah mm-hmm. you'd probably be you know You'd be pretty close <laughs> you'd be pretty close so i suppose i suppose now is the t- now is the time to fess up I started this, I started the story and I was like, okay, so we have a main character who is Diane, Diana, Diane, Diana, uh-huh. Diana. yes, look, look, look how good I am. No, I will explain. I will explain why I will explain why I'll probably forget names <laughs> as well. <laughs> Cause it's been so long since I've even looked at the story because I think your mantra of it's finished when it's I hate it when I is hate really it. how most writers think about their stories where when you're finally done with the editing and the revision and in terms of writing and then self-publishing it's a whole other oh god yeah step. I can only and then imagine the narrating was another step so I was like when I was done with that puppy I was done so you're you like may, I am yeah. never looking at this again yeah but I probably reason, will the reason- <laughs> The reason that the main character's name, the, the female lead character, doesn't stick in my mind is because I started the story and it's like, okay, we've got Diana and then we have we have Jesse and we'll, we'll just call him Jesse for now. It's mm-hmm. fine. And by the end of it, by the end of it, these characters had morphed into Sandra and Dean. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> in your and head? I don't, okay. In my, okay. In All my right. head. Okay. And I don't mean that to be offensive because they were characterized brilliantly and mm-hmm. they were, you know, 
like I could see the Dean references, but that's because I've spent, you know, so much of the last three years immersed in Dean mm-hmm. and Supernatural. And then of course, you know, we talk pretty much every day. We do the podcast. I'm I'm like Dean is I'm just immersed in Winchesters all the time. So yeah. I, I could see mm-hmm. all of the references. But mm-hmm. so I think that's you know, that's not to say that these characters are not fleshed out and wonderful. Just that they just morphed in my head. Because mm-hmm. I could see a lot of you mm-hmm. in the female lead as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just morphed mm-hmm. over. Uh-huh. But I yeah. I suppose well, I'll start, I'll start with like the first question that came to mind, which was was there anything in particular that prompted you to write a cowboy story? Because you've written like, you know, historical romance, mm-hmm. um, you know, with your Romance Reign series and you've got your DIY series, which is, I'm assuming, if I, I haven't read it, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'll get to it. <laughs> it's on the list. It's on the list. Like one of the reasons that it took me five months to read this book, which I could have read in an afternoon and I'm not, that's not a humble brag. I read very quickly. Sandra mm-hmm. comments on this a lot. Mm-hmm. It was it was of a length that I could have read it in an afternoon, but I struggle to read fiction stories anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it takes me a long time. Yeah. So I'll get to them. I will leave it with me. But I'm assuming that was a bit more sort of like modern, contemporary, and then we've got the historical romance. So what you know, what prompted? What were you like at cowboys? Was there anything that you know? Where, where did that come from? It really uh, so it really was just Dean in a cowboy hat to start. I think that that was, that was the initial interest in writing a character, not necessarily, I wanted a contemporary character Mm -hmm. that kind of had a little bit of those down home cowboy characteristics feel to him, but still like also displaced a little bit in terms of his storyline and what he'd gone through, you know, as a kid. And then moving into another place. And honestly, I think that I was looking at my, I went back to Google and this is where I really do appreciate Google Docs is that I could go back and look at my revisions and figure out, okay, when did I actually first actually start this part of the story? So I had already done like my notes, sort of like my what ifs. And it's Mm -hmm. like, what if there was a, like a fish out of water tail, but on both ends from the female perspective, Mm -hmm. male perspective, but different kind of time periods and different things that they're struggling with, like when they were the fish out of water. So I had started actually like writing the first page of this. Um, It was in November of 2020, Um, but I had already had thoughts and some outlines and things in place before that. So I'm probably thinking if we're just going to time it, it was probably because of the ending of Supernatural around that time, kind of wanting to give Dean Dean's characterization, a bit of like an alternate universe scenario. All of my writing, I think even going way back, I started writing fan fiction in high school. So I feel like all of my all of my fiction writing is based off of some character that I I like, I romanticize about or whatever, and just like putting them in situations that end up being, just love stories in and of themselves. It's kind of like my my operating mode is just I I like the happily I like the happily ever after. It's not a happily ever after. Happily happily happy for right now. <laughs> like happy at yeah. this point in time. If there's going to be happy to threaten the yeah. author with <laughs> violence if they don't make it happy. 
<laughs> so that kind of thing, like knowing that there's eventually going to be a happily ever after for the for the for the two character, the main characters in in a story. So I think really yeah. a lot of it was just Dean. Dean gives you a lot of stuff to work with. And physically, like I just liked Jensen in a Jensen Dean in a in, in a cowboy mm-hmm. hat. And I yeah. liked that 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 idea of a Texas, you know, a Texas boy and you know how that would play with like a city quote unquote like city girl um a standard trope you know city yeah. girl country boy kind of thing but just with with sort of like the f- skeleton or framework of dean as the yeah the the love interest in there so yeah i mean this one took me a long time and i i can't most most of my stories typically it depends but stop and start, stop and start. There were so many things going on too. I mean, this was, you know, this was during, during COVID, but this took me a long time to finish writing. Like I definitely took like months where I just didn't touch it. And then I went mm-hmm. back to it and then I'd get like a sprint of, okay, this is what I want to do next. And then I finally just like, I think it was like June of 2022, I'd left my job and, you know, I was kind of like, embarking on this like sort of next phase of what the heck am I doing? And I'm like, okay, I've got time now. I have to commit to getting this, this story done within the next few months so that then I can edit, you know, get my editor, do all the things that I was hoping to do by the end of the year with this book. Yeah. So, and interesting too, is that when I first started writing this book, I looked back, I had started writing it in first person. Oh, really? I did about a couple pages of it and I just wasn't most romance novels are third person. Uh, and I think it just kind of, it's just that genre just kind of like works that way. And as I was starting and I was like, I really didn't want to get so into like this being that I was the character. And I tried to do some things with the characterization of Diana that was vastly sort of different from me. So I was like, no, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go back. So I went back and like, again, those like first couple pages, I just kind of like reworked a little bit. I'm like, okay. I'm good. I think I can, I can do this now. So yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like, again, it's all just, I am just an escapist writer. I want to write things that I normally would not necessarily experience or would want to experience. And normally that's romantic stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's all just kind of Dean in a cowboy hat to start, you know, and I wanted to see, I wanted to see him in some cowboy boots, you know, and we only get a couple instances of him in that in the show you know like season six frontier land and then i think what season 13 tombstone that episode so i had um i didn't have a lot to work with and this was before big sky this was even before that you know there was even talk about him being in this show so probably jared having you know knowing he was going to be on walker maybe had a little bit to do with it too knowing he was going to be playing you know basically dude in a cowboy hat but contemporary so yeah. i think those I mean, things kind of work you had together plenty, you had plenty of inspiration from jensen though because he was cowboy boots all the time and i giggle to myself every time i mm-hmm. see him in cowboy boots because they always have heels mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I'm not like this is this is not a sexy thing. I'm not like, oh, mention wear heels. It just makes me laugh because I know <laughs> that he's tall, but uh, I feel like I feel like he must like 
I don't want to say he's compensating for something, but I feel like there must be, unless you just cannot buy cowboy boots without heels in Texas. I can't imagine him buying them anywhere else because mm-hmm. this is a Texas thing. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, baby needs an extra two inches to stand next to Jared. <laughs> just makes me laugh. And I'm, I'm, I'm aware that that's very mean. And I, I mean that in a Jensen, if you're listening, I mean that in the best possible way, you rock the cowboy boots, it's cute as fuck. It just makes me smile. Yeah, I think I think the first time I saw him wear cowboy boots in person, because I went to the because she's I, met him when I went once. to the Charlotte Con. I don't think he wore cowboy boots, but when I went to New Jersey, I think it was April 2022. I think that's when I got to actually when I'd done the meet and greet, he was wearing a particular set of cowboy boots and I got to sit like you know, kind of six, you were close with six you. seven feet away from him as he was talking for about 30 minutes. And it was glorious. And it was just like taking in all of that. I don't know that, that. His, <laughs> his boots would have been what I was paying attention to, but you do no, you, boo. You do All you. of it, all of it. Like the, the jeans, the, all of it was just nice. Amazing. It was, it was, yeah. it was good material to be able to, to kind of like, file away in my brain and be like okay this is what the perfect man looks like <laughs> this is what you're going nobody to tell ted to go- <laughs> nobody tell ted he's the perfect I mean, I mean man it, for, guys, for my heart ted's the perfect man for my heart but in terms of like perfect man physicality there's we've talked about this i didn't think this was possible in real life to be next to somebody that looked that good in person and yeah. he does that's yeah so yeah. yeah that was that was also that maybe helped a little bit more <laughs> getting <laughs> getting some stuff written I think was having that that material to go fall back on for that yeah 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 so yeah just just starting starting off with the uh, Dean it Dean is from cowboy boots and cowboy hat which I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm fully I'm fully on board with that. I'm fully on board with that. And if only I one layer stomach... could we actually like you know establish that you know every once yeah. in a while like just a t-shirt like just a t-shirt's good. So t-shirt. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I liked Walker, if I could, if I could stomach up to uh, to watch Walker, you better believe I'd be writing fanfic mm-hmm. with a Jared in a cowboy hat. But mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. another story. So yeah, <laughs> not to get not to get too. Like, I'm not going to ask you to dox yourself or anything, but I know the area that it's set. Mm-hmm. is a familiar area yeah. to you yeah. was that did you pick that because you know like what the streets look like there or were you just like throw a dart at a map and and that's just where it where it landed not necessarily that I knew everything about it but I visited uh Round Hill Virginia quite a few times because my uh, my in-laws live there I just kind of liked the feeling of the town um of Round Hill it's the the old town of Round Hill is very like maybe only like four or five you know not even sidewalks streets you know and then mm-hmm. you you move into like everything that's been rebuilt and you know what they've done to developments and things outside of that but it's it's just a very it's a very nice like it's got a lot of mountain ranges it's got a bunch of lovely vineyards which is kind which oh. kind of ties into the story as well so there's there's a lot of building up of a a very country small country town like around it mm-hmm. but yeah there's there's mention of like a diner which is the is the name of a diner I've never been in it but I've driven past it many times and it's just so cute and little and just like boop 
right there yeah. and um like a little country store it has a it has like a kind of little town little town but like kind of thing. nestled in all of this other stuff that's just kind of building up around it kind of thing you know and you can yeah. tell what it probably once was but you know as as everything is in in the united states like we just can't leave you know, a piece of land without deciding to build something on it. So yeah, yeah, that kind of, that kind of feel. And I, I knew it enough that I, I felt like I could, you know, bring about some of the, the descriptions of it, but I definitely did. I definitely did a lot of research about like certain places um, around, you know, round Hill and, you know, kind of what would make sense and a little bit of like, you know, what's, what the heck do you have to do if you want to start a winery or a vineyard or like, you know, like different little things like that, you know, like tests and stuff that have to happen with the soil and, and, and things along, along that line. And I had to look about, um, stables and different things like that. Cause my, my in-laws do have, um, they have horses. Uh, so oh they my have, God, like, really? yeah, they have, um, I couldn't tell you how many they have right now, but they have like a, they have their own little barn stable. They have like miniature, miniature horses. They have a couple miniatures. Aww. And they have some actual horses. I've never ridden them. Um, but, you know, I've 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 gone to the to the barn like once or twice, you know, just to kind of like meet them or my sister-in-law who loves horses uh, as much as her mother does. And they, you know, they they take care of the horses and you know, they have people that come out and help. So I kind of again I I took that part of Diana of not knowing, but just like the sort of the feeling of being around it, you know, and yeah. And that, that kind of, that kind of thing. So yeah, it was, um, I guess kind of like a little like nod to, you know, my in-laws too. Um, and my sister-in-laws, she's one of the ones in the family that knows about my romance writing and she's always been very supportive, uh, and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, I wanted to kind of like, you know, I don't know, write a little something that if she reads it, you know, she might she might get that. She'll get the reference. Get that feeling in the reference. And yeah. Stuff like that. Oh, yeah. super cute. I yeah. Love that. Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah. I like that. I like <laughs> I like horses, but I like horses from over there. <laughs> yeah. And I'll I'll look at them, but over there. Yeah. I don't they bite from one end and kick from the <laughs> other. And I just that's not what I want in an animal. <laughs> I mean, it's fine if yeah. they're like cat size. Cats yeah. bite from one end and kick from the other, but he's like eight pounds. Mm-hmm. I can pick him up. You know, yeah. you can't do that with a horse. And pony rides are a thing that like I did once when I was really little, but the only reason I haven't done it again is because I don't, and I still don't know what it was. My mom doesn't know, but I, I, I'm sure it was just like maybe bug bites or whatever. But after, after the pony ride, like around my middle, I had like this rash it was like, oh. it was like a belt and we didn't know what it was. And it went away after a couple of days, but I was just like, well, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Weird reasons. I've never like attempted. Maybe one day I'll, I'll get never. on a horse again. So. So delving a little bit further into the story, there are a few supernatural references. <laughs> and I have to ask, I know one of the, I know a couple of them were, were on purpose. But when you said to me that one of them was a complete accident and you didn't clock it, and I'm still, I'm still doing this uh, up. Yeah, I yeah. don't, I don't believe you could put that in there and not, mm. and not. So if you were fibbing, now is the time to fess. No, I don't think anyone else will believe I'm it. I'm literally not fibbing. I'm, I'm not fibbing. I did not clock doing that and relating it to 
supernatural that one thing in particular that you're talking about yeah so the reference the reference i'm talking to again i'm gonna try my hardest not to spoil there is a character who has a name that starts with j and a surname that's i think her name was roderick Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. yeah and the um jesse our male lead calls her j-rod and i was like holy shit a jared reference and i went to sandra after i'd finished it and i was like oh my god you put a jared reference in and she went what <laughs> and i was like fucking <laughs> j-rod it's, it's right there and she's like nope not on purpose <laughs> what and i was i was i was genuinely hyped because i'd been so diana our, our leading lady her father's name is bobby and i'd mm-hmm. been side-eyeing that for the whole book like Deliberate, not deliberate. Because oh, he's was... not particularly Bobby esque. No, but I don't get certain... Bobby vibes from there's him. There's certain parts of Bobby physically that I kind of like leaned yeah. on a little bit. But yeah, I was I was trying to, I I I was like channeling a little bit of Bobby in this Bobby. Yeah, because I, I, I think got, yeah, I got some of it. I mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. I did. I did get some of it, but I was just—I don't know. He was—he was the cranky, grumpy, far you too know. reasonable. To be, I mean, <laughs> you know, he had his moments, but yeah. like I can't see, for example. So this is—it's is, a modern story. It's set set in modern, set in like the you know the 2010s, mm-hmm. 2020s, mm-hmm. and I can't see our Bobby sitting down and doing a Zoom call. You know, <laughs> I just, well, just—he was getting help. That. He was getting help to do that. You know, and there were there were reasons I still behind. Can't see it. There were reasons that behind was, that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Of the monetary so, variety. <laughs> was Charlie lifted from Supernatural as well? No, I just I just wanted to use the name. I just wanted to use the name in yeah. kind of like a little, you know, because she did to give Charlie. me I was side-eyeing Bobby, but Charlie gave me big Charlie vibes. Mm. I was like, oh my God, that's so fucking cute. Mm. It, I mean, you know, I think I definitely got a little bit of inspiration from her. Yeah, but mm. um not not trying to full on, you know, Charlie, but she yeah, definitely. She definitely spoke to me as you know, and I mean, so so did so did the main character actually with like you know like the dyed hair and the kind of like mm-hmm. obviously we've got Diana being you know a punk, not a goth, not a goth, very fucking clear about this, not a goth, punky, and then Charlie like with with her short dyed hair, and I could just, mm-hmm. I've been on the receiving end of going to more conservative places mm-hmm. with that kind of image and mm-hmm. the side eyes that you get and people are like what the fuck yeah i think that's getting better you know i think that's it's becoming more yeah. accepted you know but again like you'll get you know you get like older like you know older generations are just like kind of like, hmm? and then they typically you right, know right. kind of kind of get it but yeah it's but i was i, I was a fan of charlie i was good. i liked her good and then of course and then of course the biggest the biggest supernatural reference, which you cannot even front, is not. I said our main character, our male lead, is called Jesse, and he is Jesse Dean Campbell. Yeah, you can, you have to, you have to front that one up. You have to be like, mm-hmm, yes. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I definitely. Dean in a cowboy hat, and I will call him Dean. Yeah, and I, I mean, I used Campbell, you know, as Mary, Mary yeah. Campbell, you know, and I was just like, so I mean, if again, like, if you know of Supernatural and you follow Supernatural and you read that story, you're going to. I think you're gonna you know you're yeah. going to pick it up um, right away. What I what I kind of hope too is that you know outside of you know outside of somebody not knowing about Dean as the character, I think it's just you want you want to still be nice able to name. flesh out. Yeah, it's a nice name, and you want to flesh out yeah. the um 
the character and make the character, you know, his own with inspiration from. But yeah, it's 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 Dean. I mean, how could I? It was funny too, as my editor, kind of side note tangent, but the editor I've worked with for probably about it's I'd say at least maybe like six or seven of my books. Um, mm-hmm. I'd asked her during COVID. It was when I finished uh, A View to a Winchester. And because I'd finished that so quickly and it was just like, I've never written a book that quickly. Like three months, I wrote a novel. I've never done that. When I had this, I was like, well, I'd really like to have this kind of like just cleaned up or polished a little bit. So I, you know, I went to her, I said, look, I said, I have no, I said, this is, this is fan fiction. I'm not going to publish this in any way, shape or form. I said, but I want to get this edited, you know, proofread, at least like for grammar, you know, like that kind of stuff. Or if something seems like really off to you, let me know. And I can, I can clean it up. So she kind of did like a, like a first pass, like not like an in-depth, like copy or line, like edit kind of, kind of thing. Like none, none of that, like developmental stuff. And she hadn't, she'd only like watched because I asked her, I said, do you know about Supernatural? She's like, oh, she's like, I think I watched like the first season like years ago. And you would be happy to know that she she liked Sam, um, you know, in, in the season. So I said, well, I said, I'm, you know, I'm more of the 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 Dean girl. I said, so. So anyway, she she helped me do that. But she literally picked up on like when I mentioned Dean, she's like, of course. She wrote in the notes. <laughs> Like, of course I get it now. And, um, so it was just, it was like, it was, it was, it was nice to have that sort of, you know, connection with, with the story that, you know, she, she even caught it, even though she's not a supernatural fan. She's like, oh, there you go. There you go. Adding adding in there. There it is. There it is. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty blatant. It, it is mm-hmm. but I, I I fell in love with the name Jesse mm-hmm. from Breaking Bad because I have mm-hmm. the biggest fucking crush on Aaron Paul mm-hmm. like oh my god like it, it it's not right is the only way I could describe <laughs> it to you because <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna be honest it's not it's not so much Aaron Paul but I think he's a great person it is 100% Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've watched Breaking Bad oh, yeah. but he's not yeah. Yeah, he's not he's not like Sam and Dean where you're mm-hmm. like bad deeds for good reasons. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he's I mean obviously he's not Walter White levels of of bad, but I'm just like, "Oh no, he's like the stereotypical bad boy and I'm just there like fucking Jesus Christ." <laughs> so I I I love the name Jesse and I do think it's one of those names where I'm like I could see it being an actual name of Jensen's, like mm-hmm. Soldier Boy and Ben. Mm-hmm. And I'm like yeah, you could be a Ben. Mm-hmm. You could you could be you could be a Dean and mm-hmm. you could be a Jesse and you could be a Ben. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I don't know. I oh, just good. I really like it. And yeah, he, I thought I thought it was a nice cowboy hat. And, yeah, that was a nice country. And plus, you know, I think Jesse James and stuff like that. So it's kind of like Jesse kind of yeah. gave me that you immediately get like a country vibe, I feel like, from oh yeah, that name. Yeah. And yeah. our our hero was uh, he was a Texas boy, wasn't he? But he was mm-hmm. moved up mm-hmm. to Virginia yeah. quite young. So again, I don't really want to, I don't want to sort of delve into the plot because I want people to to go away from this and read it because it really, it really is like, and I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Romance is not, if I read romance, it tends to be like paranormal romance mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and certainly much, much more explicit. This is, this puts me in mind of, I would call it like a holiday book, you mm-hmm. know, like middle-aged moms 
and mm-hmm. they they they've got their little their little naughty book on the beach, like a beach tree. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like, and I don't I don't mean that derogatory in, in no. any sense, but this is it's it's quite far away from what I would I would normally read, and I I've really really enjoyed it. So I want everybody to listen to this and then go. Oh, I'm going to go buy a copy of Cowboy Cancer. <laughs> there will be links in the description. And Sandra narrated it as well, and you can go get the narration, which I haven't listened to. I asked if I needed to. And was told, no, no, it's probably fine. Yeah, so because I, I fill you in on that. I feel like I feel like some people tend to gravitate towards narration, but I, I think for you reading it, I wanted you to read it without hearing the way I was going to present the characters. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like I, yeah, I knew you'd get it, but you know, I didn't want to like, I guess, color. It's kind of like when you when you watch a movie. Uh, based off of a book and then like maybe go back and read the book like you kind of can't go you can't you can't get away from what you were initially given as an interpretation and then go back and read so there's like that that ends up being now some people love audiobooks and that's great and if that's the way they they choose to take in their their literature then that's you know that's fine I think it's nice to give people the option but I I knew how you were with reading too so I was like eh they'll be fine. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll get through it and they don't need oh, me yeah, to give yeah. them a version of it. Cause honestly, this was my, I think at this point, this was like maybe the second book that I had narrated that was strictly fiction. The first one I had done again, not my, not my book, but as I've started into narration, I was offered to do a, um, like a horror thriller, like just out of the blue, I had this author approach me and like, I'd like you to do my book. I'm like, have you listened to what I narrate? I'm like, I've, I've never narrated fiction before. And I was just like, you know, I really want to make sure that I can do your story justice. So I was like, you please send me, you know, send me a, um, a chapter that you'd like me to read like, to audition. I, mm-hmm. I want you to hear me bring your characters out. If that's what you still want, then fine. I said, but you know, I was pretty pretty you know blatant about I don't know if I can do this and then you know I got the book and I'm like oh my god this book is so long and there's so many characters and you know what am I going to do and then I was like holy shit why did I write a book that has so many characters <laughs> and I had to narrate all this. <laughs> so I I think I've gained a a lot of appreciation for narrators in general and how they have to bring someone else's story to life and I I'm still learning I'm in no way feel like I'm a voice you know, voice actor. I feel like I'm a narrator first mm-hmm. and I can put, I feel like I can convey what needs to be conveyed, but not act it, if that makes sense. So I, I can't, I can't do all the voices. I can't do all the things I do. You know, I, I can reading, reading a lot of fan fiction has definitely helped with my ability to feel a little bit more confident about that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely and you're never going to satisfy anybody um, when you narrate. You're going to have some people that love it, some people that hate it, and it, because you know they've got an idea of what it's supposed to sound like, and you either mesh with that or or you don't. Everybody's listening style is different too, so that you know plays a factor mm-hmm. in it. So, yeah, sorry yeah. tangent, but yeah, that was kind of why no. I was like, no, I don't want you. I don't want you to listen to me, like you know first or even like your you know, have to after characterization so. yeah yeah and i 
I get that. I'm as I've got as I've got older and my ability to sit down and, and consume mm-hmm. media like that has certainly diminished, but also it's kind of hard if mm-hmm. you're like right like right in the middle of a book and then it might yeah, it just throws you right out of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I mm-hmm. audiobooks are my preferred method mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But you said to me, you were like, I would really rather you just read this mm-hmm. because I don't want to color my interpretation of the characters with your in like your characterization of them as you read them. So if you already you know, saw me as if you already saw Diana as part of me, hearing me <laughs> Hearing me speak, Diana was not gonna. Help. I don't know. It was just. I think it was the further the further I got into the book, mm-hmm. and the way the way Diana is thinking thinking about Jesse, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh man, it sounds just like you. This is mm-hmm. this is how you wax lyrical about Dean. Yeah, like I get it. Yeah, but she was. You know, she was very like she was very characterized and she was very fleshed out, and she. It, it's not it's not like a self-insert story in mm-hmm. any capacity mm-hmm. you know you don't you wouldn't if you'd listen to a year of this podcast you wouldn't go oh my god there's Sandra there's Sandra mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. it's just that was I was close to the sauce material <laughs> as it were <laughs> so I suppose since since we're on the since we're on the subject of characters this was not my next question but it is going to be now when you sit down to write I know you said that the whole idea for this story came from the idea of Justine and the cowboy heart but mm-hmm. I'm always whenever I think about characterization, although she can fuck off and die in a pool of Republican tears, get fucked wizard Karen. Whenever I think about characterization, I always remember the quote from she who shall not be named, which was that she's on a train in King's Cross, whatever. And in her very in her words, Harry Potter walked into her head fully formed. She didn't have to think about him or who he was. He presented himself to her, the character. And I know for me personally, one of the reasons that I vastly prefer fanfic and that I've never tried to do anything with my own original characters is because I don't have to characterize them. I can go, it's Sam Winchester. Mm. And you know who I mean. I don't have to give you... Mm -hmm anything about him you know who I mean mm-hmm. you know so that's that's my that's kind of where where I'm at mm-hmm. but like do your character do you have to like sit down and think and this is you know do you do they come to you like Harry Potter with a like almost ready or do you really have to sit down and be like and this and this and this and this is a completely rhetorical question because I have characterized shit with you and yeah. I know but yeah. our readers don't I listen yeah. even don't yeah. tell them I think it's a process. I think you come up with you come up with a a thought or a, a basic idea. Like I said, I think just thinking about Dean in a cowboy hat is great. And you could, you know, write a million one shots about that. But if you're if you're gonna talk about the character, then you talk about, well, where is he at? What is he doing? What does he do for a living? Mm-hmm. What could be the connection with this other character? How do they quote unquote even romance it's how do they meet cute what's their meet cute um and then so it kind of like it it's it goes into little puzzle pieces so um you and I've done like character sheets right like we've done those together too and a lot of those kind of help with what's the motivation before you even get into plot like what's the backstory and 
I think what's nice about character development that way is you don't have canon that you have to follow, you know, and again, most people don't anyway, but no matter what, no matter what you put Dean Winchester in, in any alternative universe, in any scenario, you've got an idea of Dean Winchester that you really can't break out of if you're reading fan fiction. Same thing with Sam Winchester and all that. So I like characters because then, you know, just fully fleshed out in my own mind because I can kind of play with this. I can pull this thread and like, well, does that make, does that make sense to do? Where do I put them? What do, like, what does Diana do for a living? And I, you know, again, you get to do a little bit of escapism and what ifs and then not have to go back to, but this is how this character would automatically react to any situation. It helps when you have a character that you really enjoy and you want to see how they would work in another situation. So Dean was kind of like that, like Jesse and Dean, like I knew what I was working with in personality, maybe a little bit, like a little bit of sassy, charming, um, mm-hmm. but kind of like what's, what are they not willing to let people see kind of situation yeah. where Diana was very, you know, I wanted to make Diana very kind of like gung-ho career driven messy, which is not what I am, but it's like, I wanted, I wanted her to be like, so like all over the place and kind of like maybe a little, maybe a little like, so focused, like it kind of like, you could say maybe a little ADD in there, like kind of thrown in where like, you know, go, 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 go kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. hyper-focused, but then sees the big picture and kind of like take charge in a way that, you know, I maybe necessarily wouldn't in a lot of situations, but still the person that people go to for answers, solutions, that kind of a situation. And then how does that work? Again, like how do the characters know each other or don't know each other? And having a little bit of perception. And I, I the the very first line I think is in the book is kind of what started my like, you know, thought of city girl, country boy, which is like stereotypes. You know, why are they stereotypically so right sometimes like you know you can you can see something surface level and you know again like you don't want to stereotype everybody but you know she's the stereotypical city girl you know and you know he's a country boy but then what's what's underneath that um when they get to know each other and you know they've I think they already were very biased towards each other based off of um, you know, past experience, which was very limited, but then when they come back together mm. later, you know, it's a completely different thing now, you know, there it's a, just all, all of the things kind of going. So, yeah, I, I kind of start with an idea and, but then I, I want to focus on family. I think family is important and I always tend to go back to parents, yeah. a relationship because I think that's the crux of everybody's existence. And if you want to really kind of get to the heart of the matter. Sometimes it's just how does it, how does somebody relate to their parents? So that sort of Diana Bobby relationship was something I kind of wanted to look at and work with, you know, and how you see, how you see, how you see your parents when you're younger. And then as you get older, you, you realize more of the humanity, I think of your parents and that kind of aspect of it. And I think Jesse, you know, was kind of, unfortunately didn't have as much of that, but was still mm-hmm. struggling to kind of deal with that and figure that stuff out for him too. 
So yeah, yeah, lots of character. Why, why, how, what, you know, like, I think when you can build like what they do for a living too, like that can kind of go off of it. Mm. I think the location, the setting that you put them in has a lot to do with that too. But I just like, I just like romantic heroes that you feel like at the end of the day are going to want to save save the person that they care about in one way or another. And they can do that lots of different ways. Yeah. And yeah, I, I like that dynamic. Uh, I, I don't know if you'd say they were like enemies to lovers in this, but, you know, just kind of like not really knowing each other. Enemies to lovers can be really harsh. And I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that I didn't, in this story. I didn't get know? that vibe. Yeah. I've got to say, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get that vibe. I particularly particularly when they sort of first first meet and mm-hmm. you you sort of it's it's alternating POVs for the first for the first you know like when when they're together and things like that and mm-hmm. I I really I had this sense of when they had when they knew each other as children mm-hmm. and spoiler I suppose mm-hmm. <laughs> that they had both been hurting children mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. different reasons mm-hmm. and then to see them come together as adults and they were still <laughs> still kind of playing those not childish games but those that calculated maneuvering of of mm-hmm. not showing weakness mm-hmm. and yeah. keeping that front up which I feel like usually you you grow out of mm-hmm. as an adult and you sort of learn what you're willing to present to the world and what you're not and it it's not calculated anymore you just you're at peace with yourself you know you know Mm -hmm. who you are but that was the vibe I got from these two that they were still you know sort of dancing because they hadn't really worked out the issues when they were kids and then obviously she'd left and he'd Mm -hmm. gone and and had his life and then you come back and you're like oh it's it's awkward it's weird in a way that I didn't feel like she was playing the same game with the not not rival mm-hmm. <laughs> of interest but the mm-hmm. the other interested party yeah I felt like she was much more confident she was like I know where I'm at and yeah maybe and then oh fucking hell absolutely not you yeah. know it I didn't a, it didn't feel like they were playing the same game yeah I think a lot of that has to do with when you when as an adult you put yourself back into a situation that's could be triggering for a bunch of different reasons so I think going back dealing with her father and dealing mm-hmm. with the relationship that, you know, she realized that Jesse had with her father, you know, that maybe yeah. she didn't. So I, I think it's, it's always interesting when you see like, especially siblings, like when siblings come back together at a holiday, like how everybody kind of reverts back, whether they consciously realize it or not, they're going back into those dynamics of children a lot of times when you see that. So they can be grown, fully grown adults and they can still have that they're still you know, arguing about who's got the bigger portion. Yeah, and, you know. yeah. So it's it's kind of yeah. like that. So I, I kind of feel like that was that was what was probably happening. I think with with them. I think yeah. in particular, again, a lot of like just not knowing and being like, well, I don't want to. Yeah, like you said, I don't want you to see that I'm. I can't hold my own kind of scenario situation, and not yeah, still yeah. still not really knowing each other. Like really, like whatever they whatever they experienced with each other was very surface way back. Yeah. So, and they, you know, they were kids mm-hmm. and they were kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, I was, I was a big fan of, because she'd, you know, she'd left and she didn't come back and see her dad. And, and he was kind of like, mm, well, if you'd been around, mm-hmm. you'd know this and mm-hmm. you'd know that. And it, I don't know. It, 
because I could see Jesse fighting not to be swept up in that that small town mentality that you know his aunt and and everybody Mm. else was in but also couldn't resist being like "Mm, well you know if you showed your face just poking these things wouldn't yeah yeah this wouldn't be such a surprise to you and you wouldn't be you know scrambling to try and find these answers because well if you if you cared you'd Mm -hmm. be here Mm -hmm. it was I I said earlier I said earlier on that this you know I view this as a like a, a beach book and that's not that's not really true because it doesn't it doesn't hit a lot of those tropes that I consider, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I was just, I, I think that's just my unconscious bias towards contemporary romance because mm-hmm. no part of it felt cliched to me. And that, okay. like, of course there were, there were yeah. romance tropes because otherwise it wouldn't be a it's romance. A romance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a, that tropes for a reason, guys. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, no, it felt, it felt very, you know, very original in terms of storytelling and I was you know I wasn't looking at any of the characters going oh you know so you did for someone who doesn't particularly read romance unless there is buttloads of explicit sex and you know preferably some vampires or something um if you haven't read the Black Dagger Brotherhood books by J.R. Ward you're missing something in your life (laughs) go amend that immediately you know they are they are like my peak romance novels so Mm. you know to come into this this unknown sphere and not not feel like I was being hammered over the head by all those, you know, stereotypical romance tropes. Speaks to you as an author. And you do feel this. Thank you. So on the back of, you know, not not being not being tropey and not being cliche. Similar question to the characters, because this was supposed to come before the character question, <laughs> but it didn't. The plot. So I have said this to Sandra um in this is the first original piece of fiction I've ever read by Sandra, but I've read every fan fic she's ever posted. And mm. I've said this to her numerous times. If you give her enough space, she will lay a trail of breadcrumbs that you won't even fucking see. And then y'all ever seen those like they're usually like five minute craft videos and it's somebody sewing something and you're like, what the fuck are they doing? And they pull one thread and it all just smooshes together perfectly. She lays these breadcrumbs that you don't even fucking realize. And then she gets to the end and she just, one fed and just goes, and mm. it all smooshes together perfectly. And I'm like, you're a master. What the fuck? Because it's never, I'm thinking particularly of past two because that one fucking flawed me. But you've done this in so many, so many different things like View to Winchester, mm-hmm. you know, some Sunny Day series, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, how do you do this? And she did it again with this one. Obviously, she's a master, mistress, whichever you prefer. We're not, <laughs> we're not gendering, we're not gendering royalty of being a fucking plot twist. Word. Uh. Okay. <laughs> so the plot, the plot of this. Obviously, we start out with what happens if you put Dean in a cowboy hat, and that's mm-hmm. great for a couple of scenes, but you mm-hmm. need, you need more than that. Well, yeah. So, do you, do you like? particularly with these these really incredible like twist endings that you're able to pull off I'm insanely jealous so jealous because I just can't just mm-hmm. work like that I have to put everything on the page <sighs> so do you like do you have the ending and work backwards or do you start out with like one particular scene anywhere in the plot and work around from that like how does so, how does your process work because it's longer I, than mine I wish I could say my process you know really I could just like give you a 
a step-by-step, this is how I do it. So the, the one good thing about, or the one thing I've learned about romance over the years, like, you know, you can, you can do a romance, but if, if there isn't another conflict or sort of like another, another plot, that's kind of like running parallel to it and they intersect and, and weave, you know, in at some point, it's not going to be, it's not going to be an interesting story. So if, and that's Mm -hmm. when I think it becomes more like, say, you could do fan fiction where you're just talking about, um, you know, two characters getting together and, but you've got to have a layer of what's going on behind the scenes. Why are like, why is this person here? And I, I think what initially gave me that, oh, this is the conflict is whatever was happening with Diana's father and his sort of like financial issues. And I was like, well, I've got to, that's the part that I've got to build off of and find, find another plot and sort of like a little bit of like a small town, not mystery, but like gossip and how yeah. you kind of hear something from somebody, hear something from somebody else, what's real, what isn't. And then I will say, since you've read the story, there's a character that's pretty important towards the end of the story that I did not put in until two thirds of the way through because I realized I needed I needed that character to accomplish the twist at the end because the other characters were too close to it. And I needed sort of like that other person and we could talk after if you don't know who that is um i think i know yeah so that was kind of that was my aha moment i'm like oh okay if i do this if i get this person in here so that that then had me go back and look at what i was going to rely on for more of say the other characters i needed to fit this person into certain points in the story have them come up again Mm. and again and again because you can have romance you can have like love triangles or whatever there was this wasn't really a love triangle um in here but there was a rivalry sort of thing but then i needed something else to have that other plot that was going on make sense Mm -hmm. because then how would i get jesse involved you know like why would jesse be a part of all of whatever was going on like because i needed to have them meet again i needed to have them work together so it's like how do you get them to come back again and maybe hit all of those fun scenes you want to write like jesse writing a mechanical bull like i knew i wanted that in the story (laughs) how was i going to get that in there so it's like you know when you know you you there's certain things you want to see how do you make that work within the different plots so it's, it's managing a couple of like main plot secondary plot and how does that plot help bring about conflict between the characters and just within the story itself um yeah and Bobby, I think, was a main Bobby. Bobby was the main reason everything started happening and got them together. You know, like to work together for whatever reason they needed to work together. And then from there, it's like, well, okay. Hmm. So again, it kind of works in in pieces. Like you, you know where you want to get to, but how do you get there? So it's like I might know what the ending is like, or that there's this mystery. But sometimes I don't even know how I'm going to get there right away. Um, But then I sort of like work. You work in different characters, right? Different characters that are going to give you the opportunity to kind of. Oh, shit. Is that that what you meant to do? (laughs) I thought you just kept hammering the same two characters over and over until they did as they were told. 
different genres. Again, that's that's the fun part, I think, too, about writing original fiction is you have you have a little bit more play, you know, and you can go back and like, you know, I, I need another character or this is there's too many characters. I can put all of this into one character. You know what I mean? So it's like, how much do you really need? And it depends on it depends on how big of a story you you want to tell. Like, I feel like there are a lot of secondary characters in this, but not a ton, like just kind of like just enough to give you sort of like yeah. a taste of what it's like in the in the town the and, and that. Yeah. 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 The and even in, in Diana's filled. in Baltimore. Yeah. You know, there weren't yeah. really a ton, but just enough here and there. Yeah. And I think yeah. the um it helped with Diana's profession, you know, in in literature, in like a publishing company. I loved that I came up with like, oh, children's books. Like, because then that opened it that up. That was I think fucking cute. That was how I came up with, well, of course, it's gotta, they've got to be, it's gotta be a pony, you know, it's gotta be a pony, yeah. you know, and that kind of stuff. So those kinds of aha moments are fun. And then they give you, oh, well, I, I need an author for these books. And then, you know, that's how that comes up and, and, and those kinds of things. So yeah, plot can be, I don't like plot to be smack dab in your face. Like, oh, I know, I know how this is going to play out. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's fine. If, if you immediately pick out, this is going to be the, this is going to be the person that's up to no good. Like, that's fine. But as long as there's still a a twist as to how it happens or how it plays out at the end, I think is good. Because most people who've read a lot of these types of books, you know, a third of the way in, they they know how it's going to end. And you know a romance is going to have a happily ever after. But what happens around that happily ever after is yeah. what can be more challenging. I say that, yeah. but then, you know, everything about writing ends up being a challenge at one point or another. It just depends on what it's you're working on difficult. at the time. Yeah. 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 It's all difficult. But no, mm. I was... There wasn't anything like I've I've seen this I've seen this um, sort of floating around the internet. Something about the the internet at large and the ability for anybody to be a critic mm. has taken away from how we consume fiction. Mm-hmm. So an author that leaves a good trail. Mm-hmm. of what's going to happen and leaves you going oh i bet it's this or i bet it's that that's not bad writing if mm-hmm. you see the twist at the end that's not bad writing that's an author that's done their job mm-hmm. and they've left you all the clues mm-hmm. and then you get to get to the end of the book and go mm, i was right smug goat me yeah so that's not bad you know yeah. yeah but for whatever reason that scene that scene is poor writing so while there was nothing in the book that surprised me Mm -hmm. none of it felt cliched Mm -hmm. you know it was all it hit all the notes I would expect a romance novel to hit but I at no point was I like oh god this really Mm -hmm. you know I wasn't Mm -hmm. bored or anything like that and still I I knew I knew vaguely what was going to happen at the end like I I picked up I picked up some of the breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. I was like ah yes this is going to be this mm-hmm. because this and this and this. But then the way that that shakes out with that final confrontation mm-hmm. was not expecting that <laughs> to go down that way. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. We've got loaded <laughs> sentences here. I didn't, I, I, I picked up the breadcrumbs towards the overarching plot and mm-hmm. that it was, all right, spoiler. I knew that the family 
was gonna be you know mm-hmm. they had that kind of like small town royalty yeah you know i knew that that was gonna be what was behind it but the showdown with billy was mm-hmm. not what i was expecting i was good. like oh fuck it. oh shit good. all right then good oh Good. Little so, instability always helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the you know the whole uh, we like I'll tag this this section for spoilers, but the whole like the arson thing and the mm-hmm. I, yeah it was and that he was giving it to the the, mm-hmm. the matriarch person and mm-hmm. I'm like mm-hmm, really <laughs> and I just I I don't know there's just something it's it's really it is really stereotypical but it's really fun. You know, like those like old ladies that get together and do like bake sales. Yeah, and they all hate each other. Yeah, but it's, they're like, oh, it's so not. I love that. I love yeah. that. Can you like Golden Girls vibes? I love it. Yeah, yeah. Jesse's oh. Jesse's aunt. Jesse's auntie. Yeah, yes. she was. She was. She was a lot of fun to write because I felt like you know there was there was a lot of that feeling there too of like you know knowing everybody's business, but then like you know getting getting together and you know chit chatting away, uh, but then. Yeah, this this the, rivalry, the rivalries that just keep yeah. like, occurring again and again. Yeah, yeah. And the whole the the the, the hypocrisy, <laughs> the blindness of his aunt to be like, "Can you believe she needs to keep her mouth shut while telling fucking everybody?" I I love that. I love that so much because I mean, it's not always harmless, but when it's mm-hmm. not happening to me, it's cute. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't like it. So yeah, okay. End end of like end of book spoilers. So I'll mm-hmm. I'll put some timestamps on the screen for that to okay. say you know skip to bloody bloody blah. But I suppose before I before I lead you off into so tell us about self publishing and self narrating, Sandra. Mm-hmm. One of the things I wanted to pick up on was I like I said I don't read that many romance novels, so I don't know if this is particularly common. Is it common for your leading man to be divorced? Yes, but child maybe. There's a lot know. of, there's not, not, I mean, there's, again, there's so many like trips, but there's a lot of, um, I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of like cowboy romances where it's like cowboys with, you know, little kids and like that kind of situation. So there's like a daddy kind of like, that's kind of can be a thing. I don't, I don't always, I haven't written a lot of that. I've written like one book, but that's not even the it's both characters and they're middle-aged. So they both have kids kind of situation, mm-hmm. you know, and they're single for different reasons um, at the time. But yeah, that, that, that tends to be a thing that I've, I don't, I don't particularly like read it's, I mean, I read romance, but I kind of read romance occasionally just to like get an idea of what, what people are writing. Not necessarily that mm-hmm. I research romance yeah i i I really like i really like reading my romance and fan fiction i just know that that's my that's my that's my go-to thing so yeah yeah, i've seen that lots of lots of dads with kids but there's so many there's so many different there's something for whatever anybody wants out there in terms of romance tropes and ships i I tend to go i think because i have children Mm -hmm. um and i love my children nobody call anybody i love Tremendously, mm-hmm. I would die for them. I would kill for them. I love them, but I don't want kids in my fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I live that shit. Yeah. So I don't. So like when I was really, really in my um, English cottage verse, I was like, oh, you know where, where, where am I going to take this? Are they going to have kids? And my immediate, my brain just went, no, they're not. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. These are going to be two double income, no kids people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fucking not. Mm-hmm. But I just. 
like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't read enough, you know, standard contemporary romance. If you're looking for romance, can I recommend Black Dagger Brotherhood books by J.R. Ward? It'll change your life. I'm not fucking kidding. Go read one of them. Where did where did where did Belinda's name come from? I have to ask because it's it it's not a particularly common name I over here. I just liked Bell for some reason. Bell kept like you know like ringing a bell. That yeah. that name came. So I was thinking, well, do I call her Isabella? But I'm like, no. Let me no, try that's something. Twilight. The, yeah, I'm no, like, let me Twilight. let me try something different. And I think Belinda again sounds a little bit more country to me. She sounds a little bit yeah. more like a southern name. So. I think that's why that's why I gravitated towards that. But when you when you talked about kids, I mean, in in romance and stuff, I I have talked about this before too. Being child free by choice myself, I I don't necessarily like feel like I explore that in in my writing. Um, I, I kind of feel like I I battle with going the other way. I like showing couples together that you know maybe by choice. Or for whatever, like if a situation in and of itself just lends to the fact that they don't have kids, that they are still a family unit. And I did that. Um, I kind of in, in some sunny day, yeah, yeah. And and I even like in the in the DIY series. I mean, there's the characters kind of are just getting to know each other, and you know maybe thinking about that, but it's never like they never you never get to that point where they've got kids, you know. Um, but I think that's yeah. that's like a discussion. So I'm I'm always kind of hesitant. But I mean, some some stories are great that do this. But like the automatic assumption that when two characters get together, that the family unit's going to be well, then they have kids, you know. So I kind of think that those are always like epilogues sometimes that that people put in. And again, hmm. a lot of romance, a lot of romance readers want that, you know, or or they or they they're expecting that in certain certain genres and you know you deliver that if that's if that's you know what what you want to write I may be a little maybe not fully on board with all of all of that because you know there's like you know unplanned pregnancy or secret pregnancy like that's a thing and like and you were saying paranormal romance and I thought that was very interesting because like I've I've read like when I first started getting into figuring out like this is something I want to do, like writing romance. I read like some shifter stuff and I was just like, you know, like wolf shifters. And yeah, swear to God, I read a book years ago. I guarantee the two, the two leads in that were based off of Sam and Dean looking back at it now, because it's like, it's like, you feel like they got that kernel of, you know, friends, brothers, however situation you want to look at it and inserting another, female and you get the male female male you know menage a trois Mm -hmm. thing going on and it was just like sex 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 (laughs) they were describing you know a couple of the the characters not not the best characterization but still like I could see ah this is probably looking back at it now I'm like that's I bet you that was supernatural (laughs) related (laughs) especially now that I started learning about ABO you know and how that kind of came about too it's like I feel like I feel like maybe supernatural in a way really like led the charge in other types of Open some paranormal there, romance yeah. besides just like vampire stuff. You know, like I feel like that might have been a been mm. a thing too. But yeah. I will I will say the Black Dagger Brotherhood. You should read them. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I expect a contract, J.R. Ward. <laughs> I will promote your books. No, they are vampire, um, they are mm-hmm. vampire based. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think. 
there's at least at least 10 books mm. before anybody mentions kids okay mm-hmm. you know they're all happy yeah being in love it's nice yeah. you should read yeah. you <laughs> i have all of the files i will send you them read okay. one. so okay. yeah so like i said before i hand off and be like sandra tell us what it's like to self-publish any particular sort of final thoughts closing thoughts da, 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 about the book any one particular scene that you're like i'm so proud of this and i want everybody to know about it <sighs> oh no because my favorite is the mechanical ball scene and i I, t- I sold i sold our friend dreamer on it but i was like it's fucking awesome <laughs> like it's so good and she was like she's like me she's like i don't really read yeah. fiction. <laughs> like yeah. i don't have time yeah i i have so many, there are so many fanfics out there mm-hmm. and i'm like can I tempt you by telling you <laughs> there's a scene where the character that is based on Dean rides a mechanical ball wearing a cowboy hat? And she was like, I could be persuaded. So that was hands down. Was that one of those scenes that you you always knew? I wanted you to write that. Wanted because to have from regarding Dean, the the scene at the end where they show him in slow motion riding, I was like, I need that for this character um you know and just the yeah I think I mean I don't know if there's one one scene I'm particularly proud of in that I I do kind of like which actually ended up getting rewritten based off of editing with my editor but I think when when she um when she goes back to the barn at night um and she kind of has like that first sort of like intimate discussion with Jesse, you know, where I think they kind of really start to talk a little bit more, you know, about themselves and their, you know, their lives. I, I kind of like that. I like dialogue, you know, I know, (laughs) but uh, I kind of feel like I, I, I like when I can write and it doesn't happen all the time, but when I can, like, you've talked about it, let the characters just talk to each other. Yeah. I like it when I can be described in that situation or be surprised at stuff that they they do. So I feel like the intimate moments, I really like the dancing, you know, at the, oh yeah, I like that. Yes. So yeah, I mean, those kinds of things, you know, and like, you know, the first kiss is always nice. And I, like I said, it's not, it's not super explicit, but those, those, um, the sex scenes are always kind of, you were like, oh, I can't wait. And they're like, Ah uh, shit! <laughs> here I am. <laughs> now I got to do something here. That's, and I write like that in fic. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I have this really great idea for a sex scene, and then I have to write the sex scene, and I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah, I've done this. I don't. I've hyped it up too much. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's you know, I I I really like those intimate moments. You know, when you can kind of like you feel like you're you're there with the characters, and you feel what they're feeling. It doesn't have to be really. This would be a lot, but just as to be like, you get that point with them. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I really like that sort of like their official first, you know, their official first date. You know, I thought that that was, I thought the it wasn't official, but you know, the uh, the bull riding and the the dancing, mm-hmm. and then I think them kind of just being like, okay, this is I I want I want I want this to I want to see what happens here kind of situation yeah. so I I, I like that they, that was fun to write they get on the same page where they're like yeah no this is what we're, yeah. we're gonna do this yeah. yeah yeah I suppose 
I suppose my not not so much my my final thoughts because I'll 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 think of something to summarize that later on. <laughs> but one of one of my favorite things about it is you you made a point of you know making it untraditional families, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. So we have you know our, our, our leading lady Diana. Her parents are separated. She's got like a stepdad mm-hmm. and a you know a stepsister and a um, but it's never. You know, like her niece is her niece. It's mm-hmm. never defined that way. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And then mm-hmm. Jesse, do not follow his own, comes is it a broken home if if somebody, spoiler, dies? I don't I don't think so. Maybe. Um but he yeah, he also has his own uh-huh. family issues. And then of course him and him and his ex mm-hmm. and the and the and she's fucking cute, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you base her off off any of the you know, were you pulling from the ackles or the or the pads, kids? Because I was like, she's fucking cute. I, I love it. I mean, I, I not guess that I was, you can't create an organic yeah, cute child, but I think so. I mean, I think I mean, I just kind of wanted a little mini version of, you know, Dean. You know, like in yeah. and part of that, you know. So I, I, I'm sure it was like a little bit of probably like JJ and maybe um, Arrow. You know, probably a mix, a mix of that. <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. Odette as well. We yeah, s- we yeah. stand little, we stand little girls who, when we were young, would have been called bossy <laughs> and difficult. And now it's twenty twenty three, and we're like future leaders, yeah. assertive. You know, the yeah. kids haven't changed. We've just moved on. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm fully on board for little girls who know what they want and. You know they're gonna, they're gonna. Well, you know what I think it. is really great too is that like there's a there's a point in time I think for little girls where they feel like that, and then I think, based off of either family or society, for many girls I think they're at least my I think like when I was little, and again I hope it's not this way, but it could still be where you just kind of feel like you have to be quiet, you have to be quieter, you can't stand out, um, and yeah. I, I feel like the age that. Belle is, she doesn't have that tossed at her yet. You know what I mean? So it's like, she's, she's just her own little person and she's got her own little fits and, you know, knows what she wants and, but she still listens to daddy when she has to, you know, and she, you know, and she, I, I think her mom is the one that probably, you know, gives her more of the, the rules that she has to follow. But then, you know, when Jesse, Jesse still gets, let's, let's not, you know, sugarcoat it like he'll still do what what bell wants but you know if he's got to tell her to to do something then she listens she she gets it she gets yeah. it i think but he doesn't want it he doesn't want to be that way you know i, I think he doesn't that's, like he doesn't want to be mean dad. yeah because that's thinks, yeah, yeah every every story d at uh, dean every story jensen's ever told about jj mm-hmm. is is encapsulated where he's like i would literally pull the moon out of the sky Mm-hmm. For this little girl, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes you know, sometimes I have to, I have to lay the law down. But I hate it, yeah, because she's my buddy. Yeah, and that's and I, that's that's yeah. most dads, I think, in in certain situations, especially when you're dealing with separated. You know, uh, wh- whichever whichever parent isn't with the child primarily, I feel like you know they really kind of wanna they want to be the one that doesn't have to. 
yeah be the bad guy you know for whatever reason so speaking as the custodial parent mm-hmm. that's really fucking irritating <laughs> yeah yeah it's cute it's cute in fiction but i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't really get the vibe that jesse was like the pushover you yeah. know yes of course you can eat 17 oreos yeah. and 18 pounds of candy floss but you yeah. know as the custodial parent um I can get quite trying, but yeah. Plus, I think he was no. respectful of his co-parent too, you know, to a certain yeah. extent where, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen, but I think he knew, he knew whatever was going to happen with him, with Belle was going to have a consequence, you know, with his ex, um, Al- Allie, Allison's again, like I've got so many names. Um, <laughs> you look at it. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> so it, it, it was going to be something that she was going to have to deal with, you know, when when Belle went to, you went with, but went back with her. So I, I wanted him to be, I wanted him to know, be respectful of that. And I feel like as a character, I feel like he's respectful of the women in his life and the roles that they have to yeah. play for a lot of people, you know, and how much that they're, they're dependent on. So and again, like there's, there's other backstory with him that, you know, I thought, well, maybe if I ever come back to these characters, I, I'd want to explore a little bit more, but I didn't want to like inundate this book with all of that, um, you know, but yeah, yeah. So that was, that was my thought, I think with, with all of that, with the, with the little girls too. Yeah. 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 Super, super cute. So I, um, I will have closing thoughts, but I'm going to, I'm going to think about them. So tell us about self-publishing, self-narrating. I am a total noob about this i know nothing about i know how to post it on ao3 mm-hmm. so talk to us about about that process and how 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 one goes about doing that um so i so just kind of like backtracking like my all of my writing i think i've said it's kind of like it originated in fan fiction way 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 back like i was in maybe like high school and stuff and that's how i got into writing a lot was like you know putting a character into a situation passing along a notebook to classmates and being like, oh, do you want to be in this? Who do you want to be with? And then like figuring that stuff out. So my writing kind of like stopped and started. I actually, I would, and I'll never, never like give any information as to what it was, but I did publish a book through, this was way back when like eBooks were still a new thing back in like, I'm going to say 2001 or 2002, Um, on a platform it was an awful book even though it had been (laughs) edited it hadn't been edited correctly it was just a spewing and it was basically it was like a fanfic idea that I took put into a plot it's horrible horrible looking back at it now I'm like (laughs) oh my god I literally had it I I had it pulled I like I I had to track it down and like have this publisher like I said you need to pull this I, I I want I want this back so you could probably still find it somewhere if you know if you knew what to look for but so anyway, no, we will respect, we will respect your process there. And we that will was, that was like ask. my first foray into it. And this was back in the day when like I had an editor, but I had to type out my entire manuscript, mail it to someone. They oh, would make Lord. notes. It would get mailed back. I would make the changes. Then I would submit to the, to the publisher. Thank God it's not like that anymore. So um, oh. it didn't go anywhere. It didn't do anything. And, and again, like I, I am not by any way, shape or form. I'm not a, I don't make a lot of money with, with my writing. It's, it's really more of like, 
uh, like tortoise, tortoise versus the hare kind of scenario in my brain. Like if I do it long enough, if I enjoy what I'm doing, someone will read it, enjoy it. And that's kind of like where I'm at with, with the writing. So back in, I'm going to say maybe, um, I'll try to make this short back in like 20, 2014, 2015, I got back into writing fan fiction. Um, and, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on, you know, with my husband, MS and stuff like that. And I was just like, you know, I found another, I found a story that I had written that was also fan fiction, but it was literally was novel length. And I was like, well, what if I, you know, there were things at the time that were popular and it was a historical romance. It was, spoiler alert, it was based off of Leonardo DiCaprio's The Man in the Iron Mask, which in and of itself, that uh. material, Alexander Dumas stuff, I argue could be considered fan fiction because it's taking King Louis Fourteenth and, you know, building this whole other, like the Count of Monte Cristo, like that tale is like, fictional like the man in the iron mask is fictional so mm -hmm. i had like i taken a character put them into that world and you know wrote this really long story so like well, why don't i just i think versailles was like starting to be popular around that time or something like that I'm like why don't i just shop this around to some small press publisher so i started looking into that and how you go about doing that how you write a like you write a synopsis and then you write a letter a submission letter different things like that. And I, I submitted it to maybe like 15 or 20 different small press publishers, nothing big getting rejections, but getting some people saying they really liked the story, but they thought this could be changed or whatever, you know, focus on this. And then I got one publisher that was like, yep, we want to publish this, but we'll get an editor, you know? So I worked with, I worked with a small press publisher on that book. Um, and then I, started writing another contemporary romance and that was the start of the DIY stuff. And I shopped that around and I got another small press publisher that was interested in that. Mm. My work with small press publishers, you might as well self-publish is where I kind of came to the conclusion because they will, they will help you get your book ready, but then they won't do any marketing. I'm awful with marketing. Carly will attest to this. So even if I've got a I good story, it. a lot of people just aren't going to find it. So I was like, well, why don't I just freaking write, you know, these stories and just learn how to self-publish it myself. So that's how kind mm. of like a lot of research, learning about Amazon and KDP. And then from there, kind of learning how to find other marketplaces like Drafted Digital um, and not just keeping my eggs all in one basket in Amazon, because honestly, from my experience, even though I don't make a lot of money, I make more money um, using other services outside of Amazon and Kindle Amazon. than I do yeah. from, yeah, I just, I just do like, I've actually got, my books are in libraries. Like people can check them out online. Like, you know, those are things that can happen, but not in Amazon's like, you know, exclusive, we've got the rights to your stuff situation. So yeah, I'll, again, it's, it's, it's not a lot of money. Like I could maybe take Ted and I out to, to dinner, you know, once a month, if I really wanted, wanted to do that, but between that and the audiobooks and um, learning that process, you know, having people narrate my books, I started that back in 2016 through ACX, again, part of Amazon, 
learned eventually don't do royalty share, you know, pay the, pay the narrator so that then you get the rights and you can put that someplace else. It doesn't have to be just on audible, you know, um, and they have the rights mm-hmm. to it for like seven years. I'm coming up on seven years of my first audiobook, and I'm trying to work on getting it removed from being exclusive um, yeah. on audible Amazon so that I can put it someplace else and actually make a little bit of money off of it that way. Cause it's not doing anything. So everybody has different experiences with different platforms. I've, I found that Amazon's very, it, it's a good jumping off point and getting used to self-publishing and it helps you understand the process. But I think um, unless you get really lucky and you're really good at marketing and you know, you've got that thing that just takes off um, and you do it 24 seven and you know how to work social media, which I'm just not, it's just, it's just not my, it's just not my go-to. I'm not comfortable doing that. I'd rather just write and have people occasionally come across it. I figure at some point, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm really like have somebody holding my hand and doing it, that's different, but on my own, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not my comfort, my comfort zone place. So I'd rather write a story that people enjoy. And again, like my first couple books, like the the first historical romance, like, again, that's like 20 years difference between like me writing it and then like rewriting it with an editor. So it's just like, it's like a night and day. You, yeah. you see your growth as a writer. You see what your weaknesses are. You work on those weaknesses. You get better at certain things. And I've loved writing fan fiction because I feel like that's helped. That's helped my writing as well too, writing something you really enjoy. And then being able to apply it to a piece of quote unquote original fiction. I mean, again, everything I think is, is inspired from something else. So, but having that freedom to play and then be like, okay, now I've got to get serious. But yeah, the editing process is great when you have, when you have a good editor, you were talking about um, Dreamer as your beta. And again, I, I, I hope, I, I don't know how long this person that I, you know, occasionally like email every six months about, I think going to have another book idea. Will you be available to edit? And, you know, (laughs) they usually, they usually are, but I found that editor through the small press, like she worked with me on my first DIY book that was through small press. And then when I left that, I still had her contact information. I said, do you do this stuff on the side? She's like, yes, I do. I'm like, great. Would you mind doing this for me? So I know that eventually I'll have to probably find, reach out to more people, but yeah, between that and cover design, like having a, a cover designer, and then, yeah, just having enough experience with publishing things myself that I know what's got to happen when, and that I need to give myself enough time to do this. And then I was like, I was finally just ready to kind of like try narrating myself because that's also a big expense, you know, and I didn't want to do royalty mm-hmm. share. So I knew I'd have to pay somebody. And by that point I'd been doing fan fiction been doing this, and I was yeah. like, well, let me just let me just do it. I mean, the worst case scenario is I pull the book and it's just time that I've spent on it. Um, but it's not yeah. money, you know, that I've spent on it and it's, it's doing pretty well in terms of like being, you know, checked out at libraries and stuff like that. So, um, so cool. I like that. I like I- knowing that somebody's, you know, checking out my book and listening, you know, and not for nothing, doesn't mm. know me from anything and is just, sees a story, reads it, reads a synopsis. Oh, I think I'd like that. And then checks out the book and, and listens to it. I, I like that. And I'm so grateful for 
a lot of the readers from my fan fiction, you know, when I've stated that I write original fiction, I've been very lucky that a, 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 a small group, but still a very like loyal group, you know, has gone out and like has bought, bought a book and read it. It's and, me. Left a review. Yes, Carly, thank you. Um, it's me. <laughs> but but there's also- It's not like, just me. There are all those. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I got to shout out Anna and um, Val. You know, they when they when they like what you do and then they they support you in another area, that, that just, that means a lot. It means a lot. And that they still like, they still like what you do when it's not, even though it's not technically Dean, it's still Dean. But, you know, reading a story that you've written and- enjoying it means, means a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been a, I guess we're going on like an eight year, eight year journey of me, like getting back into writing. And like I said, I think I've published nine books now trying to work on another one, which. Can means- I just, can we, I'm just going to interject there. If you're looking at, at Sandra's Amazon page right now going, ah, oh, I only count eight, Sandra. Oh. Why have you said nine? It's because she published one under a random flipping pen name. I did. It doesn't I, relate to anything else. I did that because it's very, it's a shorter book. It feels like more of a novella. And that was literally like, if we're going to be honest, was fan fiction that I just changed some names. It's just changed some names because the story felt. Yeah, but it's fucking great. I know, but the story felt like I could. I could, I could, I could change names and it would still stand on its own as a, but again, it's, that one's really just like a romance. Like there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of conflict. I, I feel like mm-hmm. those are like, and to me, that's kind of like an Insta love story. Like, you know, you don't have to do, you're just getting into the, the feels of the romance and the sex and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it, it needed its own, it needed another it pen name for that. You it know, didn't. It, it, it didn't. categorically <laughs> did not, it did not listen. If I could stack up and go from, it's not the same, mm-hmm. but similar. If I could stack up and go from exclusively writing heterosexual reader inserts to publishing Wincest under the same name, you could have posted that under your name. Well, we will agree to disagree. <laughs> didn't need. It didn't need. But anyway, yes. Pen. But if you go to my you website, are looking at it's it. there. Like if you go to my yeah. website, you'll see that, you know, what the other pen name is and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Um, but I've only done yeah, that which, one which, under that. So. Treating it like it's a it's a secret. <laughs> it's, it's not a secret pen name. It's just like I tend to buy my media from Amazon mm-hmm. because I have a Kindle and it is the most convenient. Mm-hmm. thing for me to do even though I don't like it because I'm aware that Amazon takes the lion's share and then the lion's share of what's left as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going somewhere with that was it about my name did it have something to do with I think that? it was about I think it was about getting media from mm-hmm. other places mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but like yeah no that's why so if you are looking on Amazon because that is where I buy my books from and you're like yeah no I, I only see eight there's the historical romance and there's the DIY series and then there's the cowboy book where's the other one mm-hmm. just go to the website <laughs> Sandra Kyle all one word dot com Sandra Kyle dot com it's in there it's under a different pen name I don't know why I've ripped her extensively about it she hasn't changed it it's fine mm-hmm. yeah it's also available on audible as well mm-hmm that I'd love the, to get to number 10 for my books. So we'll see. We'll see if that 
if yeah. that happens soon. So there's there's an idea there's an idea in the pipeline, isn't there? Mm-hmm. There's an idea in the pipeline. So there's a collaboration probably... pipeline. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a collaboration <laughs> pipeline. Um, but we need to uh, <laughs> we need to poke ourselves and be like, we should get back to this. Again, it's a stop and start thing. Like honestly, looking back at how long it took, you know, for Cowboy Canner, it, it was it was a while. I don't I, and but looking looking at other books I've written too, some have taken a year, some have taken a year and a half. So it does it depends. It depends on what's going on in real life. You know that that really does yeah. that really does affect your writing. Uh, yeah, I just I'm not one of those people that I'm not Hemingway. You know, I can't write because I'm like you know. I'm not gonna drink and write like it's just it's just not a thing, you know. I I can't I I I need to write from a place of starts as escape and then it kind of grows into this big thing. So yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. We will. It's we always will. a work in progress. There, everything's a work in progress all the time. If you're not, it took Jensen, who's probably quoting someone else. If you're not winning, you're learning. So mm-hmm. it'll it'll get there. But I suppose. Mm-hmm. My final thoughts, apart from thank you very much for indulging me, Sandra, because she was not happy. I was like, we're doing a whole fucking episode of this. And she was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean we're doing a whole episode? Yeah, I don't know how to market like, myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What? And I'm like, I got questions. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I started reading it and like, because um, I started it and then there was a big gap between me finishing it. But I was, I deliberately didn't write notes on the book because mm-hmm. I was like, I want to, I want to like, I want to try and consume this from an outsider perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be thinking, oh, I'm going to like interview the author after this, or I know this, or I know this. I just want to read the book. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, I wish I had notes and questions. <laughs> I don't remember what all of them were. Fucking hell. There was a brief period where I was like, I could probably reread it in an afternoon. And then mm-hmm. my brain went, no, the fuck are you don't. <laughs> so we just moved on from that. We moved on from that. But like, yeah, first of all, thank you for letting me you know, be like, hi, book. But my my final thoughts on Cowboy Cancer is if you want a romance novel that hits all the right notes but doesn't feel stale and boring, keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting. And if you just really think, I wonder what Dean would look like in a cowboy hat and boots around horses somehow still being fucking amazing. Uh, I don't like horses. I don't like them. They kick from one end and they bite from the other. They're not my things. You should definitely pick this up 100%. If you're a fan of Sandra's fan fiction and you just haven't made the leap over to original fiction for whatever reason, pick this one. This is this is the one, I promise. I don't I don't think it's that hard of a leap, really. Yeah, I think I think for this to that, it's it's not that hard of a leap. Yeah. I, I think it's and yeah. Yeah. And if you are a fan of getting to the end of the book and going, well, why didn't I fucking see that coming? And then <laughs> frantically flipping back pages or clicking back pages or scrolling back up depending where you're consuming it and going oh oh fuck it was right there mm-hmm. i just didn't see it if mm-hmm. you're a fan of that which i am not because <laughs> i always end up going fucking hell sandra is your sandra is your person so i expect to see him i expect sandra to be coming to me in the week after this episode comes out going i have had a massive uptick in people buying Aww, this book i expect to see lovely. it lovely that would be lovely do the thing her and Ted deserve a meal. Go buy the book. Okay. Nice meal. Look, Jensen's coming to the UK. We've got plans, people. Go buy the book. Oh, yeah. It can, it can help fund our convention, our convention plans in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, but, goodness. So, 
No, thank you. I, I appreciate I, I I like talking about this stuff. You know, just sometimes you just you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to go about okay. um doing it. So I appreciate I appreciate so, you being my my cheerleader for this. So yes, thank you. Given that the given that the other two, unless you particularly want me to go and reread stay at home romance, which I read when it was a fan fiction, but I will do. Uh-huh. If you had to choose, would you advise me to go and start the historical romance or the DIY series? I think you should stay away from the historical romance one altogether. I don't think I don't think that's your that's your jam. No? No, I don't think I'll so. I'll give it a try. You can give it a try. I don't think you're gonna like it. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I um. want you to know. I want you to know. I read an entire book written by a Republican and I managed to forget for the entire book that she was a Republican. Yeah. Like until right at the end. So I, I think the only thing about the historical one, and again, like I, I think there's a certain group of people that who like historical romance would like it. I feel like it's, again, it, it's more of an representation of my earlier writing style and then how it changes. I think the last two books... I'm I'm very proud of like uh, I think it's Marissa and Imogen because I feel like that's where I take the story and kind of work on new characters and how they work in the world and there is plot where like mm, you you see the same events occurring from different points of view so that kind of saying that every everyone's the hero of their own story I kind of like took that into play with um each of the different the different ladies kind of like that are that are taking taking center stage in each of the books so i really i'm really proud of marissa i'm really proud of imogen because i feel like it took the initial fanfic idea and fleshed out the characters more so i, I mean you kind of have to read uh, you kind of have to read the first two i think to get an idea of the plot but you might be okay with just reading the last two I'm very proud well, of the you know DIY what? books. The DIY books I'm proud of because those were like, that was like me really starting to get back into writing that way. So, hmm. and the character of Daniel, no, I knew nothing about Dean Winchester and Jensen Ackles. My God, if it's not, if it's not a, if it's not a Dean Tropy character, I must, <laughs> I just, I just like that. I like those types of characters. I wrote a character that if you looked back on it, you'd be like, oh, you were thinking of Dean when you wrote this no, I wasn't. I didn't know who Dean Winchester was. So was so. it was it Dean that made you go, oh shit, I have a type? Or was it Jensen that made you go, oh fuck, I have a type? I don't I think it was Dean first before it was Jensen. I think i I think I I fell in love with Jensen more realizing how much he he has like his inner Dean inside of him. You know, I think that that yeah. was it too. But I Dean Dean pretty much that character. That bad boy with a heart of gold kind of yeah. guy you know or the guy that you know like all the all the ladies are just like you know fawning over and you know maybe he realizes it to some extent but he's not cocky about it you know like that kind of that kind of mm-hmm. guy so you might like if you ever like and that one's based in savannah georgia which again i had never i had never visited in full but i had done a, so much google research and so much google map research and so much of everything research that i made a point of a few years later going back with ted and going we are going to find all of these places that i've written about and then take pictures of and 
that's what I did. So Savannah is a beautiful place. And I really wanted to try to describe that. And I, I, I think I did with all of the characters in, in that story. See, I, I really like the DIY series. I like that. And that's a lot of plot, you know, little breadcrumbs here and there throughout uh, three books. It kind of like culminates in the third book. Third books is the shortest out of all of them, but yeah, I think you might like that one. I think you might like that's that gonna one. be that's gonna be the next one. I mm-hmm. try. That yeah. is that is gonna be the next one. So yeah. hence hence why I asked. I was like, which one do you think I should do next? Just but knowing yes. you, yeah. I just yeah. Historical because I mean, I don't even know if I could write a historical romance anymore. Like, you know, I don't even think I'm I wanna do that anymore. But um mm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I suppose then we should wrap this pop. This has been another so, long one. Jesus. Yay. <laughs> Look, I had things to talk about. I had questions. That's probably my fault. I had questions. No, no, no. But, this uh, was good. I enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you for you wanted, letting me wax. Oh, get, like, I spent three hours talking <laughs> about a fan fiction story. Shut up. You invented this from your own brain space. So do you want to you want to do your part of the outro? We're so mm. fucking professional, guys. Yeah. We've been at this a year and a half nearly. Uh. Oh my god, like. It is nearly a year and a half. Holy mm-hmm. shit. That's what makes us charming is our ability to not remain totally professional. But yes, if if you want to reach out to us, um, you can email us at idlinginthimpala at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at idling in the letter D Impala. If you'd like to make your voice a mail, check the description for a link to send us a voice message. You can find links to our personal socials and our AO3 accounts in the description. And there's also a link to my author website and my original fiction cowboy canter you can go and get that you can read it you can let me know what you think about it you can do and should do all of those things and the website is sandrakyle.com sandra Kyle, mm-hmm. all one word mm-hmm. like you're so bad at this babes <laughs> you could have just could have slipped it in there <laughs> but while you're checking out sandrakyle.com you can mm-hmm. check out the podcast website as well look at that for a segue <laughs> yeah <laughs> our podcast website is idlinginthimpala.com on our website, you will find our merch. That is the only place you can get official Idling in the Impala merch. If you see it anywhere else, let us know because it's not legit. There are also YouTube linky things and Spotify linky doodads and behind the scenes information about me and Sandra. And I am going to get around to putting up a picture of the mascot as well, mm-hmm. who is currently living his best life, <laughs> napping on my husband's clothes, um, which is. A bit of a weird choice for him to make, but fair enough. But yes, go <laughs> check out check out sandrakyle.com. Check out idlinginthimpala.com. Give us some feedback. We love it. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff wherever you access your podcast. But especially if you are listening, watching on YouTube, likes and comments really help us with the YouTube algorithm. All hail its benevolence. <laughs> In the description as well, you will find the current causes that we are championing. Um, take a look at them if you can, if you want to, if you're able to give a little bit or you need access to the help that those um, charities provide. All the information is in the description. And with that, we will say thank you for joining us in the back seat, and we will see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.